0: Perfect. Hello everyone. How's it going? What's the crack? My name is Michael, and this is the McLaugh Podcast, episode number four. Hope everyone's keeping well. Hope everyone's keeping safe. So today is a it's a big milestone for the show. We have our our first ever guest on the show, um, who I'll introduce in just a second. Well, obviously you know who it is if you if you've read the title, but I'll, I'll do the formal intro in in just a minute. Uh, but before all that. Um, I'm going to take about 15 seconds to brag about Manchester United getting third in the league um, because I don't think I'll have a chance to do this any other time. So, we were rode off since, you know, the new year. Ole was rubbish. This wasn't going to be any good. Uh, you know, it was all a fraud. But, of course, we finished in third place. Obviously, miles off second. Even further off first. But we did it. And, you know... It's a small price to pay when you'll be celebrating winning the league next year, so with that being said, I will introduce today's guest who, oh, coincidentally, is a Chelsea fan. Um, He works, I say it works, he he is a host of the the lunchtime radio show on Kool FM from one o'clock till four o'clock, and you'll also hear him on the weekends on a Saturday from two until six, if I'm right in saying, and it's a massive pleasure to introduce Mr. Curtis McCosh.
1: Thank you very much, I mate. Mean, I almost hung up there. Almost, I had li- I had heard just enough of about ten seconds in. I thought, no, nah, this isn't for me. Um, and yeah. thanks for having me on, mate. I really appreciate it. Um, it's 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 almost an honor. It is an honor to be the uh, the first guest. So thank you.
0: Not a problem. Well, I thought you know I have to take the high ground somehow. When I to bring the first guest on. You know, I don't want to be. You know, I I want I want to have the alpha stance here. You know, obviously as a Manchester United fan, so I thought this <laughs> I thought this was a good idea. So, just before we get started, um. Can you just clear up to everybody at home that in no way, shape, or form can you fix or rig the cash call?
1: Can't happen, mate. Can't happen. Trust me, if that was in any way possible, I wouldn't be sitting you know in Northern Ireland <laughs> at this moment in time. I would be on a beach in, in Spain or an or LA or something like that. Um no, it is, it's a completely random draw and you know, regardless of the stories you hear, the, the people who win the money have genuinely won. A whole load of money that I'm very jealous of.
0: Yeah, and I can't imagine you'd be spending too much longer here if you, if you had to fix that in your favour. So, as yeah. I said, obviously working in Cool FM, um, massive radio job, uh, the biggest biggest radio station in the country. That, that must feel great.
1: Yeah, I mate, mean, it's pretty incredible, um, and to have been there when it became officially the, the the sort of biggest radio station in the country because we were always the biggest commercial station. Um, and beforehand, I was a Q, and you know we were always gunning for cool. They were the they were the ones you targeted, and you know everybody wants to overtake them. And then just I was going to say by chance, but it's through a lot of hard work through a really really amazing team. And um, we actually overtook the BBC, who were always ahead of us. So now we're not just the sort of official you know biggest commercial radio station, but the biggest station in Northern Ireland. And yeah, it, it feels amazing to be to be part of that team. And you do kind of have to. You know, as cliche as it sounds, pinch yourself every now and again and kind of go, this is actually
0: happening right now. Yeah, I mean, like, you are everywhere. You're in every shop that I go into. You're in every car. You know, you get in somebody's car. Cool FM's always, always playing. But, like, was 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 radio always your goal? Is that what you wanted to do from going through school? How did, how did you end up there? Not really.
1: I'd always had kind of, like, an interest in radio, Um I'd never just I just it's kind of like a lot of people you just you just think it's not something that's achievable it's it's such a niche job and you know your careers teachers tell you to get a real job and stuff like that and it started for me just literally I was I was working in a job in the water service it was and um, DJing part-time in nightclubs as well and I would have been what you call a warm-up DJ which is you know on before the big DJs kind of thing like the support act and I was I was warming up for guys who are in Cool FM still, like, like Pete Snodden and, and DJ Hicks and those guys. And I would have DJed before them. And then after that, I would have went out and done a night shift. So my, my gig finished at sort of midnight. And then I would have went out and done a night shift from sort of midnight, to 8 in the morning with the water service. And uh, speaking to those guys, their job just seemed kind of surreal to, that they were going to work for maybe three or four hours a day. And I kind of thought I-, I want a piece of that action. Now that's not the reason I'm in radio. I, I did. <laughs> that's the reason I pursued it. You know, that's the reason I pursued it. But whenever I uh, I-, I joined a-, a commercial station in Belfast called Blast One Hundred and Six, and um, and thought actually this is really good. It- it's it's genuinely the most fun I've ever had. And I thought okay, re- well I do I really do want this as a job. Um, and I just kind of went from there. And and just you know you have to make a lot of sacrifices. I- commercial re- are. Um, community radio sorry he's not paid so in some instances I was actually paying to be there you know there was days I only have fibre in my pocket and I had to stick it in the car to get into Belfast but you know uh it's not all been playing Salem but yeah it's it's definitely I didn't know what was the job I wanted to do but I'm glad I, I got into it because it turns out it actually is probably in my, I mean I may be biased but it, it's definitely the best job in the world
0: yeah it, it looks like a lot of fun how long have you been there now um i've been with cool fm it'll
1: be i can't remember whether it's coming up to three years or four years i think it's actually coming up to four years um in a couple of months time so it literally has like they say time slam and you have fun but it, it blows my mind it's been four years because i feel like i joined the team just yesterday and like a lot of the guys that i would have sort of looked up to whenever i was getting started in radio are still there and i still feel like you know i'm new because of that um but yeah i
0: think it's i think it's been four years and have you always done that sort of lunchtime slot? Has that always been your your show that at lunchtime?
1: Yeah, I mean that that's kind of the whenever I started in commercial radio or in community radio, sorry, I did the ten to one in the morning, and then in, whenever I worked for Q Radio, um, I did ten to one in the morning as well, and then uh, lunchtime. Just it, it's the slot that came up and cool, um, that I that kind of got offered and and I took it, and I've just been there ever since. But I'm not much of a morning person, so it it definitely works for me to kind of that kind of nice midday. There's not too much pressure on you either, you know. It's more as mundane as it sounds, and that's thought you're what you're kind of like the wallpaper to people's lives. You know, people aren't relying on you for, you know, information like they would do in the mornings. They're not relying, you know, on the traffic and travel and stuff like that. It's kind of it's it's a lot more chilled.
0: Um, I can definitely attest to that I worked in an office just over a year ago. I was there for about six months and the only voices I heard from half seven in the morning till half five in the evening was those (laughs) on the radio. And I'm not just saying that, like I I was the only person in my office and the other two people were like way down the hall. So I never got talking to anybody apart from the radio. So I was like, I actually was so invested in like every competition, every like every (laughs) chance to phone in. Like I, and I'll never ever forget this, and I'll probably never forgive John Terns for it either. Um, there was a competition <laughs> about two years ago, um, well, it was about a year and a half ago, uh, where I Could have were offering the chance to go over and see United versus City in about April, May time. Yes, I remember and that, yeah. It was like a flick, flip of a coin, and I got in the draw on the first day. I yeah. was the first person, in, and then they took in the second person on the Friday. On oh, no and way. I, I sat by my phone. All Friday afternoon, I had my whole family. I had the whole. I had half of Lurgan. I had. I had promised. That there was people <laughs> posting on Facebook. Good luck to Michael Lavery from Lurgan. And you know, my cousins were sending me this saying, "You know, do you know this person?" I said, "No." It had been built up to be this massive thing, and I was even waiting on a phone call to say, "Like, sorry, you didn't get it," but just listen to the radio. It landed on tails. and someone oh, from Belfast man. went and had. To prefer United, I think United were beat that game, but still, I I was second it was uh that's heartbreaking i mean i think that's
1: the one the one kind of benefit of not being able to enter radio <laughs> competitions is that you can't have the heartbreak of not winning them do you know um because it's it's rough sometimes they're rough like when you're up against someone else and you know it's it's two people it can be because the
0: prizes are good oh my god like I, that actually consumed me for like a full 24 hours i was convinced you know I need I'm Can gonna have to I'm, I'm gonna have to ring work. I need I need three days off work and then I'll need the Friday for whenever I come back and then <laughs> <laughs> and I never I never got the phone call back so that that wasn't a be but like just as Heartbreak, a trainer, like, it? you you have that lunchtime slot and even at that like you have a lot of interaction with a lot of different people, you know, calling in or doing interviews and stuff like what's that like talking to so many different people on, on a daily basis?
1: Um I'm so used to it now that it's kind of like, I feel weird when I don't talk to a lot of people on a daily basis. So like if I've, if I've got the day off or something like that, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of stuff. If you know what I mean? Um, a lot of it is, is kind of general chat just with like, like listeners are kind of like you, you treat them like some, a mate you meet on the street, if you know what I mean. um, and it is just general chat, you know, the bit you hear going out on air is maybe 10 seconds of, a thirty-second phone call, and um, there's a lot of editing that goes into it and stuff just to make it radio-friendly because, you know, listeners don't want to hear you saying hello to people and having a chat and how's it going today and stuff. And um, but a lot of it is just kind of that sort of just just chatty and and it's nice. It's really really nice. Um, but the the weird thing is like like you say you you've got interviews coming in, so like. For example, I, I covered the breakfast show with, with Melissa last maybe two weeks ago it was actually, um, and we had Ellie Golding on an interview. Um, 10 minutes before we had Ellie Golding on, we had some girl from Belfast on, like some nine-year-old girl who won a competition, and that's the difference. That's the yeah. bit that kind of blows your mind. You know, one minute you're giving away a voucher to something, and the next minute <laughs> Ellie Golding's on the phone, and you're like, "What what yeah, is going on?" Um, so yeah, it can, it can definitely be strange. It's not like that every day, but it can definitely be weird. But you're so wired in, you know, you're so kind of, we kind of go into a zone for like the duration of the show. And it's when you come out of the studio afterwards and go, what the hell has just happened? Like, it's, it's kind of strange, but yeah, no, it's, it's good fun.
0: Is there like a moment where you can like pinpoint that's been your favorite moment or like, like a highlight moment that you would, you would like to tell people about, you know, say, Oh, this is my job. I done this once when, when talking about presenting. Um. I mean there's a few that are kind of hard to call um I think the main
1: one was when I had just gotten into um when I had just gotten into Cool FM they you know so Whenever I was at Q, I was kind of like a junior presenter, if you will. Um, so a lot of the big interviews and stuff were handed to, you know, the main presenters, the guys that have been there for years, the ones with the experience. And whenever you get into cool, it's it's not relentless, but you're just, you know, you're there, you're expected to be able to do the job um, to a certain standard. And and I was through the door maybe four or five weeks, and Niall Horan had just gone solo, and they were like, we want you to interview Niall Horan. And I was kind of like, I, I, can't, I can't do this, it's not. It's not, like, I'm not ready for this yet, but you have to be, you know, you've just got to got to step up and do it. There was that. And then um, I got sent to Phoenix, Arizona one time to, to do a radio show um, from a Taylor Swift gig. And it was just mind blowing. Like, if if anything sums up that kind of media lifestyle, that was it. Because we were flown to Phoenix. We were there for 24 hours. We did a gig, did a radio show, and then went home again. And it was just, like, a complete whirlwind. But that to me, that's what, that's what the job is you know it's not like that every day but it's just those surreal experiences that you know you can't believe actually happened
0: so i take it then you're the office uh taylor swift fan i am a massive swifty <laughs> <laughs> abs- and i'm not even ashamed of it like so i'm not, I'm, I'm
1: i'm the biggest swifty in there
0: i'd say that was the busiest 24 hours of your life like i mean phoenix isn't just down the road it's not like you're heading to lisbon for the day you're thousand miles there and back
1: yeah, it's not even that it was busy. It was uh, like it was it was a lot of flying. It was exhausting, um, and and effectively what happened was it was supposed it was sort of laid out like twenty four hours, but it was slightly longer than twenty four hours. And we because of the time difference, it's it's still kind of hard to get your head around. Like I still can't work out where I was when, if you know what I mean. Um, but it was strange because we went to the gig, and then with the time difference, straight after the gig, I had to come home to the hotel, do my radio show from the hotel room there was like people in the hotel room banging the door because this was the middle of the night in the phoenix but it was the middle of the afternoon here there's people banging the hotel wall and stuff because i was you know doing a show like and you can't sort of whisper when you're (laughs) when you're on the radio and and then after that it was literally pack up the equipment head to the airport and a lot of it was just flying because like you say it's not it's it's slightly shorter than a flight to la but there was connections and stuff and it was just insane and then When we touched down in Dublin, we got there about nine o'clock in the morning. I had to drive up the road and go straight to work, (laughs) and it was it was insane. So, yeah, it was just. But I mean, you look back on it, you go, "That was so much fun." You know, that was that. That's what a job in kind of like the media industry, whether it's journalism. I know, I know, you're sort of getting into journalism and stuff like that. To me, that's what a job in the media industry is. It's just those mental experiences that you know you're going. We watched the gig for two hours,
0: but you know, there was three days worth of prep around the whole thing. It was, it was insane. That is crazy. Like, it it just, you know, it, it paints it in a good light. I feel like I'm heading somewhere in the right direction. You know, it sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so that's obviously the good side. Has there ever been like a, not a bad side, but have you ever had like a, a really horrendous interview or really like an awkward, awkward encounter?
1: Um, I had, I had a, really, a, a really really, dodgy one with uh, Rita Ora. <laughs> so I was, I was interviewing Rita Ora and um, sometimes interviews come through at the last minute. So what they'll do is they'll give, like the big stars will give slots to the big stations. So your radio ones, your capitals and stuff like that. And then, further down the line other stations will fit in so like the local stations now we're kind of in the middle because we are a local station but we're the biggest broadcaster in Northern Ireland and it's a lot of like Northern Ireland's an area a lot of those celebrities don't usually get a chance to hit um, because Radio one listenership's not massive over here so they generally come to us and this Radio Ora one came through at the last minute and uh, they had sent me through the song was called Anywhere and I had the interview about it and I came through about half an hour before before the interview was due to happen. But the person who sent me the sort of details had sent the wrong name of the song and they'd sent that the song was called Anytime. And mm-hmm. I started the interview with kind of like, you know let's talk about the new song Anytime. And she was like, well, it's called Anywhere. And then for the rest of the the interview, she was just off and it was horrendous. Like it was just, because it's not just you and her having a chat, like the, the guys from the record label are listening, you know, stuff like that. And then you've got to edit it and make it sound like she's not pissed off with you for, <laughs> for saying the wrong name. Yeah, um, like my, my, was my agent. And that, my, my, my that
0: was it from here as well.
1: Yeah, see, that's what I mean and that's why you've got to make it sound as good as possible so uh, that's why I didn't hang up on you when you said the
0: whole,
1: <laughs> the whole Man United spiel. but, you know, I think when it was just uh, just uh, just on that topic um, I think when you line up the seasons that both uh, Ole and uh, Frank Lampard have had, I still think Frank Lampard comes out on top of uh, of achievements. He may not have got third but, um, you know, when you look at the team and, and you know, losing our best player and stuff like that. I think he's done all right. Sorry, I, I honestly back at the start of the season before the whole pandemic and all happened. If we'd have finished 8th that I'd have took it.
0: I absolutely would have took that. Well, we'll get to that in a minute because I've, I've a few things that I, I'd like to get off my chest. <laughs> but um, before before that, before we get into the sports, you have you've have your own podcast. Do you want to you want to tell everybody just a, a bit about it? Oh yeah,
1: sure. And uh, thank you for the for the nice things you said about it because you've already told people about it. And um, so yeah, we we me uh, myself, Connor Coates, who's on Kill cool FM, and Melissa Adele too, and um, we started our own podcast called What's Happening, and it it was based off the back of our WhatsApp group. We had a lot of we had a lot of stuff in there that we were talking about that we thought this would be great content for the radio, but we're never on the radio together. And um, so Connor had said to me about starting his own podcast. He wanted to interview people, and he'd said to me, what I come on and do a bit kind of like this?" And I was like, "Well, funny, I want to do the same thing. Let's do that." So me and Connor decided we would ask Melissa, did she want to be interviewed? And Melissa was like, well, no, I want to be on it too. And um, so that's how the the dynamic came about. And, uh, yeah, we just thought there's so, there's so much content that we have, that we talk about that you can't put on the radio because on the radio, you've got to play music. you know, you've got to, you've maybe got two minutes to talk and then you've got to get edge here. on, but with the podcast, um, you can just put up the microphones and you can talk for 30 minutes. You can talk for five hours. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, there's no manager saying, oh, you've got to get this in and you've got to get that in. It's just put the mics up, talk, whatever happens, happens. Um, and yeah, that's how it came about. So, uh, yeah, literally all we do is we we try to pick a topic each week to focus in on to give us a bit of structure. But, you know, uh, people have asked us how much prep did we put in? The, the answer is none. Um, like, it's it's just put up the microphones, chat about what's been happening this week get into the topic but we'll we'll pick a topic but we'll not sort of pre pre like sort of prep what it's going to be um and yeah it's it's just a lot of fun and people seem to be enjoying it which is is even better but yeah it's called what's happening it is available everywhere you can get podcasts really spotify apple podcasts and on equal fm app as well and it's completely free that's the main thing about a podcast anybody can listen to it anywhere and they don't have to pay a penny.
0: It is. There's the promo done. You went into your year That's it on me, yeah. I feel like you've got that revised stuff. The, the
1: only thing, it's written on big letters right behind <laughs> the screen here. So it is. I've written it down the wall. Everyone have to get in.
0: Happy days, yeah. No, it is. And I, I'll just second that to everybody else. Listen, you know, go, go, give it a listen if you want to have a laugh. It's, it's a bit of good crack, and it's, it's relatable, which I think is the most important thing. Um, but it's, it's another local podcast that I think we can all get behind and uh, and support. So. Moving into the sports, like we we didn't have sports because of lockdown. So, how like how was lockdown for you? Like, how did you? Obviously, you were still working, but like, how did you entertain yourself? Because obviously, yeah. in, in, in my spare time and a lot of other people's spare time, it's just sports. So, how did how did you cope?
1: Um, a lot of sports documentaries. Uh, so Amazon Prime have that. Uh, what's it called? I've completely forgot the name of it now. Um you know the one i'm talking about there's american football ones they go in and like the dallas cowboys all or nothing nothing, yeah um watched a lot of all or nothing Um. just a lot of tv in general a lot of the i tried to get creative um and i was worried that i would come out of lockdown having achieved nothing which is absolutely the case like i've done nothing creative at all um but yeah just a lot of netflix a lot of like tv series and stuff like that um and and yeah for me my my sort of day-to-day thing didn't really change but i really really did miss sport like i watched a lot of um sort of you know like old like fifa were uploading old world cup games and stuff like that and i was watching some old world cup games but it's like it's
0: it's fun to watch but it's just not as good as the real thing really is it no it's definitely not and like you're talking there about getting creative i had one of the biggest disasters ever, about three weeks into lockdown, um, I was furloughed from work and said, like, you know, I'm in the house all day. Um, I want to do something. And so I, d- I downloaded Geolingo. says I'm going to learn a new language. Uh. <laughs> so i done, I done French in school. It was one of my GCSEs. And I said, well, yeah. I have a, a bit of knowledge behind this. I'll pick up where I left off. And this was brilliant. And I was flying through it. And I signed up for, like, the free trial. And about eight days later, I got this email saying like 80 pounds has been deposited from your bank. Oh. <laughs> and I says, what in the hell is this? I, I have no idea what this is. So I went straight in and says, your Duolingo free trial has ended. You'll now pay the full annual subscription.
1: Oh Eighty my God. Straight
0: 80 out quid? of the bank. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, so <laughs> because I wasn't already fluent, I was like, you know what? I'm not giving them the 80 quid. I'll just get on the email here. I wrote, the, <laughs> I, wrote the, I wrote the biggest sob story. And about three paragraphs, ever like, oh, like I really have no money. I'm being furloughed, and like I was, I was, I wasn't joking. <laughs> and you know, I know it's not really something you should make fun of when there's people that generally don't have work. But I wasn't forgiven eighty quid to like a little green bird. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm missing out on <laughs> lessons every three hours. That was definitely, yeah, that was the biggest blunder. So after that Do you know it just... it's funny
1: to say that because because i'd been doing geolingo actually over lockdown too Um, it started before um lockdown my my girlfriend kind of introduced me to it and i've always wanted to learn dutch um and and i was just you know doing it and i, I sort of got annoyed that i don't I know what i was expecting but sort of 10 days in i was kind of like why am i not fluent yet why <laughs> why can i not speak you know yeah. fluently in this and um, it takes a lot longer than that but yeah like they're quite um they're quite pushy with the notif- <laughs> uh, notifications, aren't they? Like, like yeah. at midnight saying you haven't done any, any languages today. Do you want to like, wake yeah. up
0: and, yeah. <laughs> and do a And you're kind of like, all right. No, like, unless, unless they see physical proof of, you know, standing on the Champs-Elysees with a beret and a yeah. baguette, you know, you're feeling this up and it's just, it's not, <laughs> it's not what they intended. So I quickly got rid of that. And the French remains at being able to say, I went to the cinema with my brother and that's about it. Which I'm not gonna demonstrate because listen, that's all you need. <laughs> it's too much pressure.
1: As far as I'm concerned, that's <laughs> all you need because that's all I ever did in school. You know, they yeah.
0: <laughs> they didn't teach me anything interesting. No, you were you I were playing football with my brother. Yeah, you were saying on your podcast uh, when the Dutch, you learned like what pig and like hamster or something. You learned, yeah, like,
1: so it was it was weird. Like um, the way you anybody
0: who knows it, I don't know because
1: the different languages. My girlfriend was learning German at the time because she was just back from Berlin. So she had been learning it before she went so she could kind of navigate around and stuff. She went to Berlin with her friend and then she kept it up when she was back. Um, her layout of the way she was learning, like the structure seemed to be different to what I was learning in Dutch. I don't know whether I had set it up as like a child's account or something like that. I don't know if you can do that, but hers appeared a lot more like adult, if that makes <laughs> sense. Um, so I went from learning how to say like, you know, like normal things like hello and goodbye and all that stuff into like the names of animals. And they weren't like, you know, your everyday, there there was a dog and a cat, but then all of a sudden you were getting like alligator, ostrich and stuff like that. And I was like, these are not everyday words that you need to be <laughs> learning at like, you know, level one Dutch, like they're they're just teaching you how to say the most... The weirdest animals, like it, it was, it was mind blowing, um, and I can't remember what any of them are now. So, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think
0: we've both had a bit of a negative Geolingo experience. But if if anybody wants to challenge either the pair of us, go download the app. This this podcast is definitely not sponsored by Geolingo by the way. But go download the app, challenge us, and see how far you can get in in picking a language <laughs> and learning it. So, right, that's that's last line covered, and now now we've we've got our sports back. Um, yes. Finally. Um, And even here locally in Northern Ireland as well where we had two cracking um, Irish Cup semi-finals there just the other night. Did you see any of them?
1: Um, I watched the first one. I didn't see the
0: Glentoran game. I saw
1: Balamina Coleraine, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They both went to penalties, didn't they? They both went to penalties. Um, I think Irish League kind of gets a bit of a write-off. I think it's a lot better than people make out. I think the people who are negative about it are the people who don't actually go to the games. Um, Like, I would be... You know, I, I don't admit it all the time, but I would be an Ards fan, and they're obviously not in in the Premiership at the minute. Um, but like I've been down to they play in Bangor too, which is handy because where I live. Um, but they, uh, like I've been down to some games and come away thinking that was a bloody good game of football. Um, it, it, the standard's really
0: good. Yeah, no, I I have cousins that follow it as well, and they would follow it, you know, religiously. Um, and even yeah. I, I, one of my friends I went to school with, um, he's starting on the Linfield team, Shane Lavery and um, got into the Northern oh, Okay. Industry. Yeah, so we we were in the same class. Ah, cool. We were in the same class school for about five or six years. And um, before obviously he went across the water to Everton, but um so that's locally what what about um do you want to tell everybody what other sports you follow or what teams you follow along with?
1: Oh the list of sports that I don't follow would probably be shorter. <laughs> um I like I I would just I think I just like competition if that yeah. makes sense, I just like to yeah. watch something that's competitive. Um so, I don't like, I'm not a die hard follower of any particular sport. If I had to pick one, it would probably be football, um, just because that's the sport I've been around all my life. But like rugby, um, tennis, all, like pretty much all the American sports, like even basketball, American football, ice hockey, the baseball is one that I've just kind of started following in the last sort of year or two. And um, yeah, literally just anything. If it's on TV,
0: I'll, I'll probably watch it, to be fair. I'm the same. And Formula like, One as well. I just out of uh, where I've started watching Formula One. Um, I would say, like, we are probably the biggest—not um, glory hunters in our house—but like we, like as you said, love competition. Like, if something's on the TV, <laughs> we we will watch it. So, like, you could nearly put your watch. The, yeah. When we have a dartboard that sits in the attic from like February until November, and then whenever the darts come on to December to January, the dartboard's straight out. Um, <laughs> The the Cricket World Cup that was on there last year and it was brilliant because it had like one of the best finals and conclusions ever. Um all of a sudden my younger brother was out and had a, a cricket set purchased. Yes. You know, so the backyard had then turned into the oval all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> cricket is uh is the one sport you don't watch. Um I don't I don't actually understand cricket, but um I assume it's probably in some way similar to baseball. So I might cricket might be the next thing naturally <laughs> follows on from baseball. To be honest, I don't know.
0: it's uh, when it's good, it's good, and when it's boring, it is like hellishly boring. So I wouldn't advise even trying to get into it. Like we just watched it because it was the World Cup and the atmosphere seemed good. Yeah. But
1: yeah, no, that's fair enough. I, again, I'd probably get into that.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was great crack. Like, and I don't know how to describe it. If I mean, I'm not even a fan of cricket, but the World Cup final went to like the penalty version of Sudden Death yeah, version I heard about this it, you call it a super over and it was it was the craziest thing I've ever witnessed
1: I heard about that cuz um I follow Greg James who, who's on Radio 1 he's a massive cricket fan yeah. um and he like the stuff he was putting up just made it seem like the most surreal game in the world and I was like all right I need to get into this
0: sounds mm-hmm. good but never did follow it up actually no so let's let's get into it let's 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 go for the deep dive then so you, okay. de- you, you describe yourself as a Chelsea fan who was here before the money. <laughs> Do you care to explain yes. what that means? So um, it, it's kinda, it doesn't happen
1: so much now that there's a lot of other teams who have money, but back Chelsea were kind of the first big money team um, whenever Roman Abramovich bought them. And when you told someone you were a Chelsea fan, it was oh, you only support them because of the money, you're, you're only a plastic fan. Um, I, I, I've been a Chelsea fan since since day dot. Like it. you're talking the days of Zola, Dennis Wise, Claude Makélélé, those guys. Um, so yeah, that's that's my Chelsea background. Um, am I upset that the money arrived? Absolutely not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, just, I always like to get out of the way that I'm not a glory hunting Chelsea fan. Luckily, Man City came away and kind of took that. Took yeah, that that
0: that's, thing sort, away. that's sort and of.
1: There genuinely were a lot of people like. In school, who all of a sudden started supporting Chelsea, and it was just like I almost felt offended. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, yeah. "Hang on, I was here through <laughs> through the rubbish days. Like yeah. that. I was here when we were getting beat by Norwich. You know, you gotta you gotta have a bit of skin." But um, luckily, they've all went and supported Man City now. So uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've got our club back. Yeah, life sort of comes quickly whenever there's glory hunters about. Where just go where the money goes. Um, have you ever been over? Absolutely. To yeah. You ever been to a game?
1: I've ne- no, I've, ne- I've never been to a game. Um, sort of, I was younger. Obviously, whenever the money came in, I, I think it was sort of mid two thousands, I think, and I was still a kid, so I'd never been to a game. Um, and then just once that all happened, ticket prices went through the roof, and I just never really got around to it. And trying to talk, like I, I, I don't think I could talk my girlfriend into to go into one because it's just not her thing at all. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I want to put her through that because uh, I don't think she'd enjoy it. And I don't think I'd come out of it the best. <laughs> Um, so, no, never been big again. I'd love to get the one at some point, but I haven't been yet.
0: And how are you feeling about this weekend then? FA Cup final?
1: I don't know. Arsenal are one of those teams. I, I like the, if if we get beat by Arsenal, I'll be upset, but they're one of those teams that can surprise you. Um, to be honest, I'm just happy with the Champions League football next year. Um, if if we win the FA Cup, great. I think it'll be the, the icing on the cake. But, yeah, just, I, I didn't. I I genuinely went into the season, like I said, not thinking we would even get Europa League football. Um, the fact that we're you know, we might have to go to Romania and play a qualifier or something like that. You know, some some sort of qualifier somewhere in Europe, which isn't like they do. But yeah, we're in the Champions League, happy enough.
0: Yeah, no, I think, and even you know, with United as well, it was a lot more successful than I had ever expected. You know, obviously we finished we finished second a couple of years back when when City won it. Um, but to finish third this year, I feel like more of an achievement this time round compared to what we did back yeah. then because. For what felt like ages, I thought we were just sort of like dropping points left, right, and center. And then to get to the end of the season, especially after all of this lockdown and stuff, because we're on such a roll before that, and then to come out the other side still and 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 a positive sort of still form, going, yeah, it was it was it was good, like.
1: The way I kind of looked at it is I almost broke it down into two league tables because there was Liverpool and City, and then there was everybody else. You know, Liverpool and City were having their own race. Nobody was catching them. Um, they, like, they're streets ahead of everybody else at the moment. And, and in saying that, Liverpool are streets ahead of City, too. So, it's it's kind of strange. But then from third downwards was kind of like it was a proper scrap. It was good to watch. Um, And, like, it did go right down to the last day. I, there was There was a time whenever United were drawn... You played Leicester on the last day, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I we played Wolves, and there was a time that we were leading Wolves, and you were drawing a Leicester, and I thought we were going to get third here, and it we went right down to the wire.
0: But um, no, it was a good season. It was, but I like I will never be able to accept Liverpool winning anything. That just like completely <laughs> sickens me to the core, and you know, I don't care what anybody says. League champions, yes, congratulations. But I I'm going to be one of these salty people that holds an asterisk against against this season. In the history books forever, <laughs> just just because, and I'm liking I'm liking the trend of the league though because obviously Liverpool, as you say, are miles ahead of everybody. City are another sort of powerhouse, but the likes of United and Chelsea are sort of showing promise that they can challenge and that they, they yeah that that it's not just going to be a two horse race again next season. Hopefully not. And I I think I think with uh,
1: so much Chelsea signings this season, like um. Werner's in, ZX from Ajax, so I, I would kind of follow Ajax as well. Um, ZH is in from Ajax, I've, I've been watching him for a couple of years now, he's a cracking player. Um, in the midfield, he'll just open things right up, he, he creates things that aren't there. Like That yeah. sort of amazing run that Ajax had in the Champions League a couple of years ago, um, a lot of that was centred around him, and, and those kind of guys in the Ajax keeper as well is, is potentially on to come to Chelsea too because uh Kepa got dropped on the on the last day of the season and did he, um, he that, I think he's it? on his way out now yeah he he got dropped on the last day of the season Frank dropped him um, which I was happy about because I ever since he did that whole thing where he wouldn't come off the pitch yeah. for um yeah. sorry, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, I I've not liked him since that um but yeah uh I think with some of the signings we've made over the over the summer we we could sort of push for for the top spot
0: there um so what what about stateside then? Um, you say you're into all the American sports, uh, NFL, basketball, MLB. I know, I know. Obviously, in the NFL, you support Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, yeah, you must, you must be pretty excited about the new <laughs> signings this season.
1: I am. This is the first time I've ever been excited about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the whole like. So so like my sort of method for picking teams is just strange. There there's no real method behind it. It's just there's always something that leads to it um so supporting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it was my ex-girlfriend her brother was a massive American football fan this was back in maybe like 2008 I think whenever the game started coming to Wembley um and he went over to one and I was like oh because I've always kind of liked New York and I was like if there's a New York stop, would you get me one and um, he couldn't get one so he brought me back at Tampa top and I was kinda of like it's actually behind me here. I was kinda of like, okay, well I, um, little that I I knew nothing about American football at time, little that I know what I was letting myself in for. Um because they ever since I got that bloody jersey, they've been shocking. They're such a bad, bad, bad team. Um until this season, when all of a sudden they've got Tom Brady, and whenever Tom Brady signs, the gronk comes out of retirement. Yeah. It's just like, okay, hang on, something <laughs> could happen this season. But I feel like those guys are just coming to Tampa for a bit of fun. Um, uh, yeah. so, so who
0: knows, you know. It looks like they're just sort of heading down to Florida, enjoy the beaches, enjoy the yeah. sun. But I suppose in line with, with Chelsea, you can say you were a Bucks fan before Brady. You know, you can keep up your That's own. it. Absolutely, yeah. You're definitely I'm not got a shirt here to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely not a bandwagon fan. Uh, not at all, not at all. Me, me, what me, it's, about it's like...
1: Do you say a Knicks fan? And um, basketball was the next, yeah. So I kind of like I've always ever I've been to New York a couple of times, and it's always been like the place in America for me. And um, so I've always just kind of aligned myself with New York teams. So uh, the Knicks, just uh, and I went to see them in in uh, January there, it's just uh, it's an amazing experience. Like they do everything better than us. Like they they make the parts of a game that are boring and are meant to be boring not boring if you know what I mean like the intervals and stuff like that there's just always something crazy happening like the time we were there there was a baby race like in the middle you know <laughs> half time a load of parents brought their babies down under the court and it, like they raced them up the court and I was just like what am I watching like yeah. what, what is it you just wouldn't get that at, you know Chelsea versus Aston Villa
0: <laughs> no Americans are like without you know slagging off an entire nation they're just completely mad It's
1: it's it's a it's a crazy crazy thing
0: but I mean, like,
1: they put on a show, and, you know, it's not like, you know, like, you, you get, say, the Champions League final, they know how to put on a show, but, and even the Super Bowl, they know how to put on a show, and stuff like that, but it's those, like, random league games, like, we were watching one game of whatever, a basketball season, like, what, 70 or 80 games or something, and that was just one league game in the middle, and the production that went into it is just incredible, like, it just blows out of the water what you would even get at, like, a mid-season Premier League game, It's it's... The effort that goes into it in the production is just incredible.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely it's on my bucket list to get out because I've never been to America and I've been. I went, I went. I was in Wembley uh, about four years ago. I went and seen um, an American football match there, and then there was a college game in Croke Park in Dublin. I went and seen that about six years ago. Ah, uh, uh, yes, uh, I remember that. Yeah, Crook Park Classic it was called, and it was it was amazing. It was a complete spectacle. But um, what yeah, was the,
1: what was the game you went to see in Wembley?
0: It was the Indianapolis Colts against the Jaguars in two thousand and sixteen, October mm. twenty sixteen. Um, it had like Andrew Luck, who's now retired. Blake Bortles, who's yeah, completely loaf. He's gone out there. Pat McAfee. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff. Um, he used to be the punter for the Colts. He has like his own podcast. Um, he interviews a lot of people. He he's a funny guy. Like, you know, some big big names were there and. It went down. It wasn't overtime, but it went down to like the last possession of the game, um, and yeah. I I got I got the tickets uh, for my birthday. Now, I'm I'm a Seahawks fan, um, but I got like all like a Colts like hoodie and a jersey and stuff, and says like, "Here's tickets to the game. You can go and you can support the Colts for the day because like the Jaguars are like the resident yeah. London team, and the Colts lost. Yeah, so <laughs> as as typical as that is, you never like, want to lose
1: against the Jaguars
0: either. Like no, definitely yeah. not. You know, uh, and there were there were people from all over the world but you know we had a couple of um Floridians a couple of people from Jacksonville beside us and that like it goes back to what I was saying like Americans are like completely mental you know this this man was was willing to die celebrating (laughs) a a, a three a three yard touchdown run and it was you know it was an experience and I would definitely (laughs) love to get back over but I think that that's the thing
1: with sports as well. Like you're very rarely going to get a nil-nil draw. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna get a game. Even like, obviously in MLS, yes, you'll get a draw. You'll get a draw. Maybe in ice hockey sometimes too. But a lot of times, like it comes down to you know penalty shots or something yeah. like that, or overtime or something. That you're always good. Someone's going to be celebrating nine times out of ten, which is what I like about it.
0: Yeah. Um. Do you play any sports? I actually do.
1: I, I not at the minute because I'm just I'm, I'm a little bit too busy. But I I actually off the back of baseball, I started playing for a softball team. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> uh, based in Belfast, yeah. So, um, basically, I, I used to play football. Um, and I I, I mean I played at not a high level, but a relatively high level. Like I, whenever I was younger, I almost got onto the County Town um, milk cup team.
0: Yeah.
1: So before the the Milk Cup selection, they played in a competition called the Golden Car Youth Games, which it was back then. Um so I made it that far, but didn't make it to the Milk Cup team. Um, so yeah, I used to play football, and then I've been on and off playing football for the last couple of years. And it just turns out that when you when you get to this age, like I'm almost thirty now, and you're playing at like you know low level Sunday League football, people just want to break your legs. That's it. There's always some, and and when you're trying to work and do a job and you've got to earn a living. That's not good. Like no. that's, you need your
0: legs. You know what I mean. You don't uh, be walking about in crutches. No, it's 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 crazy. So it's like some of the people you come across. I've I played uh, last season in Mid-Ulster, and we some yeah. some of the times we would go to South Armagh, and I would nearly go to the games and for my life because I don't know where to find these yeah. people. But they would just sort of pull you know fellows out of the bar and say here we need a field eleven, and. Oh, so some of the tackles and, and so, like the intensity and you're sitting there like going lads come on yeah. it's like we're, we're here for a kickabout do you know what I mean you know obviously you want to win but like some yeah. we're flying in with just the stupidest tackles but yeah I think I think once once you, once you feel an element of danger which you should never feel in any sport yeah um, exactly you should, you should you should probably quit but uh, what's the crack with the softball then what's it like so
1: Basically, I started watching baseball because BT Sport. I just got it installed, and then all of a sudden they were showing the MLB, and I was kind of like, "Okay, what's this?" Um, I got really into it, and then somebody had told me there was a team in Belfast, and I thought, "Okay, cool. I'd love to. I'd love to try that out." So tried it. Um, so There's only two teams in Belfast, a lot of the games are are sort of across the border down in dublin and and, and that kind of thing and um, so I just couldn't commit to the games but there's a softball league here in Belfast, and they were kind of like Why don't to play for the softball team and um, so it is like it it sounds like a lot of people take on softball as you know just a bit of a, a mess around there is there is an element of like competition to it actually, which is really really surprised me, but it's basically just baseball on a smaller. A smaller diamond with a bigger ball, and the pitcher throws underhand, and that's it. So, you know, you're, you get a bigger score than you would in a baseball game. Like, you're talking scores of 30, 50, and stuff like that. It's good fun, and it, it sort of kills a couple of hours on
0: Sunday afternoon. And you're not, you know, you're not down the park with like the war paint or anything on screaming at fellas now.
1: No, no. no. <laughs> See, the thing is, like, um, they take softball a little more seriously over here. So, there, there's a couple of teams in Belfast who take it very, very seriously. But a lot of Americans come over and, and the tradition of softball in America is that it's a beer game. So like they're drinking beers, you know, when when our team's batting, like they're getting the beers out and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it's so, so mad. Like it's, it's crazy, but it, it's a lot of fun. Like I definitely recommend it because it is, it's not too intense. You know, you're not running for 90 minutes, you're, you're hitting the ball and running.
0: it's it's a game of rounders you know they hate it when you Uh, call it rounders but
1: it basically is a game of rounders (laughs) like
0: yeah well americans are like i can't believe i have to say this for the third time but like americans are completely mental
1: canadians too, like a lot of the canadian sort of community play play softball too and um if anything they drink more beer during (laughs) the intervals (laughs) so they do it's crazy
0: uh i don't know you know you just but once once they start making their way over here and like I don't, th- it's not necessarily a bad thing, but once things start to get like Americanized uh, to go from like here to like, well, you know, like intensity levels yeah. and like scale, and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, makes it uh, more interesting. Something we'll just have to deal with, us, I suppose. Right. I'll move on. Um, just have a couple of questions, a couple of people sent in and then we'll just, we'll, we'll wrap this up. All right. Okay, cool. Um, so First question is: If you weren't working at FM, if you weren't working on the radio, uh, what would you be doing, or what do you think you'd be doing? If I could do anything. Well,
1: yes, answer that. But
0: well, yes, but well, yeah, if you could do anything, yeah.
1: Uh, well, well, beforehand I was selling phones, so I imagine I'd probably still be working in a phone <laughs> shop selling phones. Um, but if I, if I could be doing anything, I would I would. Love to be a pilot, like that's that's oh, been yeah, my definitely. thing since I was a kid. Yeah, and um, always, always wanted to fly. Um, I was learning to fly there for a while, but then it, it's just so expensive, um, to do that. You kind of have to, you know, make adult decisions yeah. sometimes. Um, but I'll definitely get back to it at some point. But yeah, totally, a pilot. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: no, that's uh, it's definitely something that I was looking into as well. But as you said, the costs are just a bit uh, without the pun sky high. Um. Second question is like when you're on radio or you've been on live or presenting something. Have you ever you ever had an embarrassing like voice crack or you know stumbled over your words?
1: Um, oh, it happens all the time. Like stumbling over your words happens on the daily. So it does. Um, it's just making it sound like it doesn't happen. That's the trick you learn. Mm. Um do so you know what you do? You kind of you kind of learn to go with it because uh, a lot of people think you have this radio voice, and you do to an extent. But part of radio is it's like you say, it's being being someone's friend. So if someone's sitting in their office, they want someone they don't want someone talking, you know, at them. They want someone yeah. talking with them. Yeah. Um, and and sort of people people in everyday life stumble over words. And that's kind of why you can't let it get to you. It happens. It's it's it is a part of life. Some people just, you know, talk really fast. And I, I'm one of those people and sort of talk fast and stumble over words. And it's one of the things of life. So there's no point in sort of shying away from it and saying, I wish that didn't happen. It would sound better if it didn't, but at the same time it's, it's not the end of the world, Um the embarrassing one I can only think of was my very first radio show with with the community station back when I started because they had an internet train in station,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it had like two listeners. Like literally, you could see because it was internet, you could see how many people were listening. There was literally two people, um, and I'm pretty sure it was my mom. And dad, <laughs> so. <laughs> No, it's not confirmed but it could have been and um, but you would uh, you know you would be so confident in that setting but whenever I eventually moved on to the FM station I remember the first time I went to talk I just put the microphone up and like went to speak and nothing came out Um, so that, that's, the time that's really happened but seems you know, like anything you settle into you learn and, and then go away eventually
0: yeah um, I've had a obviously not on any of the same scale or same platform but like whenever I was in school I was given a speech once and I've like I feel like I physically fell on the floor tripping over my own tongue it was just the worst experience ever um I managed to play it off just about okay but like it, I I can still hear what I said you know anytime I go yeah. to say those words I'm like I can't believe I actually came out with that like the brain doesn't yeah and any like working human brain those words don't ever get coherently put together like that and i somehow managed to say it in front of about 200 yeah. people <laughs> no yeah. in
1: fairness like um you, you do moments like that working in radio so you do you do say things that you come off like and, and sometimes my girlfriend's listening and like i'll get a message after I, i'll pull the microphone down and not think about what i've said and i'll get a message saying what the hell did you just say and, and then i go back and listen to it and go who who says that? Like, what more did that, and then you lie awake at night thinking about it. I've been thinking about whatever it was 30 years from now. You know, it just pops back into your head and you get that moment of dread again. But,
0: yeah. Uh, Last question. What, like, I feel like, I feel like I can, I can half guess your answer on this, but I'll I'll let you say it yourself. So obviously working in radio, um, you hear a lot of the same songs over and over. Um, What, what, what one song do you hate? Like, what's the worst song that's been played on the radio?
1: (laughs) that's a big question and um, the main thing I had to point out is although yes a lot of songs are played over and over again we don't actually listen to them because usually we are editing in in a batch of three songs generally i'm not listening to what's actually happening which kind of has its perks because you don't get annoyed with songs as people think we do but also sometimes your favorite song comes around in the playlist and you're kind of like i can't listen to it because i've got to be doing something else um but question at the minute it would be you know that dance monkey song by tones and i oh yeah um it would probably be that yeah probably be that it, just because it was so popular um and it just got so much airplay and it was number one for god knows how long and it's not just when you're listening to them in the studios. whenever you get into the car and the radio's on your stuff like that is where it really started to wear me down.
0: yeah i i have uh i have personal beef with jess glenn um just simply because of how much i've had to listen to her um, or that song thursday where she talks about not wearing makeup i like is like, in, like yeah it is in my brain and i can't stress how much i hate it
1: i think um i think part of part of the problem with that song is the way it starts i think it starts quite a
0: I mean, like, oh
1: my god again. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad song I think it's just you've heard it so much and it just starts like with the words
0: you know uh, like I like the radio was over my shoulder and far enough away that I couldn't get up and turn it down and it's probably lucky that it is because it would have had my boot in it several times um, but yeah I just I, I've, I've sort of fell out with Jess Glenn because of it which is not something I thought I'd ever say right. I thought
1: you were going to say because of the Jet 2 advert
0: well, well, that as well. My my friends and I, we went. We were in Greece. We were in Santorini two years ago. And coming home, we had an hour delay on the runway in like the roasting heat. Oh my with, god! With with jet, and I mean like beads of sweat coming down your head. You're tired. <laughs> you've just like you've just been on the drink for a full week. Hardly any sleep. And of course, Jess Glynn, like blurring all over they don't they're not on repeat yeah yeah, they're not subtle about it either and you know they don't even think I I bet these people don't want to hear this song again they're like Jess Glenn that'll fix it you know (laughs) press the button press the button (laughs) no uh, that's Thanks for bringing that up. You know, that's that's a memory that I try to bury. Uh, sorry about that, mate.
1: So I went through the same thing actually. Although none of my flights were delayed, but it was just never off. Like you're just there's babies crying in the background, yeah. just blends on. It's just like just get me <laughs> off this bloody plane.
0: Yeah, it was the worst. Was like especially because of how warm it was. Right. No, that's that's. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Right. The final, <laughs> final three questions. Right. This these aren't. Well, they are questions, but um, they're your they're your choice. I I have a list here of twenty questions in front of me. And um, don't worry, none of them are gonna get okay. you no, none of them's gonna get you incriminated. Um, <laughs> if you pick three three numbers between one and twenty, um we'll answer and then you can pick three for me and I'll right. answer. Okay. So three between one and twenty? Yep. Uh
1: seven, eleven, and
0: eighteen. Seven, eleven, and eighteen. Right. Question seven. What's your biggest fear?
1: Biggest fear, heights.
0: Oh, mine's, mine's that's an easy one. I'm, I'm
1: i Oh, is it, yeah? Yeah, petrified of spiders. See, I'm kind of getting used. I used to be so scared of spiders, and getting used to them now because I've moved in with my girlfriend. And I'm the one that has to deal with them. Um, <laughs> I've been living with her for like three years now, but uh, yeah, I'm only starting to get
0: used to. It It does get easier for us. Me, you will. You will eventually get to this, I, I this hope stage so. where you're all right with them. Like, I don't know. Like, if like, I don't know how to describe this without certain. Like, I need to be sent into a psychiatric ward. But when I'm tired, my brain tricks me into the, like seeing spiders that are close to me. So like, and I like wake up in like a that is shock. The
1: worst thing
0: like that's the worst you know, thing i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> i like i woke up this morning and like was so tired and so groggy and like looked at the end of the bed and there was just this like thing moving and then i like jumped up in like a shock and like fear and there's no spider there but like i promise you like i'm seeing something at the end of my bed i'm not just completely mental Mate, <laughs> yeah, rather you than me 100 <laughs> you than me uh question uh 11 wasn't it uh, would you rather take a trip to outer space or the bottom of the deepest ocean
1: uh probably outer space. Um the ocean in general freaks me out. Like it's just it's weird. Nobody should be out there. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's just it, it literally is called the unknown. Nobody should be anywhere near it. Um, yeah, just you can't just see it. Like you can bit see bit. the top of the ocean. Yeah, just just don't be gone down there. Um it's
0: oh, it's weird, it freaks me out the ocean like. what did you was it was it eighteen the final number you said? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I'm doing a horrible job here. We'll we'll, we'll go with question eighteen <laughs> anyway. Um, what's your favorite food? I can't even remember. Favorite
1: food, right? Okay. Um, pizza is probably the most consistent one. It does change from time to time, but it has to be a certain type of pizza. It's not like Domino's. It's like like Italian pizza, yeah. like proper kind of, you know, pizzas you get made from like the Italian takeaway. in in the town every town has an italian takeaway that like you go you walk into it and it looks like the the sort of hygiene rating should be minus one (laughs) every every town has one of those but they do the nicest pizza and it's that kind of pizza
0: i'm actually the one that makes any sense i was going to say the one in Lurgan. there's about 18 in Lurgan, and i'm keeping all (laughs) of them in business (laughs) independently right see they do the best food as long as you don't think about where it came from oh yeah you can enjoy it do you know what i mean yeah no definitely um but like i i like as sad as it is i have tax notifications from one of them on my phone and whenever they reopened after lockdown it was like (laughs) that's let's let's pitch in a few quid here get it brought to the door it was brilliant right (laughs) if you want to pick a different three numbers between one and 20 and i'll answer them
1: Right, go five, ten and unlucky thirteen as well.
0: Unlucky thirteen. Right. Okay, question five. Uh what what is your favorite QR, mate? Um say I'm not a big QR person, it's not, you know, something that I pay a lot of attention to, but my dad's favorite QR is a Mustang, Ford Mustang. Um and I feel like nice. any time I see one of them, I like I think of him like, yeah. So I'll probably go with that. Um Question ten. Uh if you and I were to have an arm wrestle, who wins? I'm going to answer that and say me, but I'll give you the, the opportunity to, to defend yourself. <laughs> I uh, I made my triumphant return to
1: the gym this week. Um which actually means I'm sore all over, so I imagine <laughs> it probably would be because I just my body's in a place where it just couldn't be ours doing anything at the minute. So I'm gonna give you that one.
0: <laughs> I'm claiming that as a moral victory and I will I will I will hold on to that. Yep, one. Take it. Uh right and take it, th- mate, take it. <laughs> Unlucky13, if I could bring three people to a desert island, who would I bring? Um, Ru- Russell Wilson, Seattle That's Seahawks quarterback. That's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these were sort of like, I threw these down on the page about 20 minutes before the Zoom call. was like, I need to think of something creative. Um, yeah, so I'll go Russell Wilson, Seahawks quarterback, because he's like the most inspiring, inspirational man ever. Um you know, if you ever see, yeah. like, if you ever watch, like, the clips of him, he's—I don't think he's ever in a bad mood.
1: Yeah, I can't argue with that. To be fair, he's, and, and he's a damn good player too. That's, it annoys me how how good he is sometimes.
0: Yeah, that and his new—he's literally just called his newborn son Win, like Win Wilson. So if you have that level of positivity, you know you'll get off the <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll get off the island in absolutely no time. Um, who else? I think the obvious one's Bar Grills. Feel like that has to be, you know. If you want, it, if you want
1: to, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, who else? Oh, that is a tough one. And then probably all gonna a social because he'll get you to places that you didn't expect to be. Boom, did it. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> and then third place, yeah, you get home third. Ah, uh, well, I mean, um, we will both we'll fourth <laughs> off than Fourth, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That's I don't even know what I'm if I'm going to call that a segment or anything. I, I think that's just a game that I'll play with every guest that uh, that that comes that was, on. Yeah, it was good fun. Right, I think that's that's about it um, for this week's episode. Do you want to go ahead and let people know where they can where they can find you on social media?
1: Um, I think if you just search my name because I don't, I don't <laughs> actually know what my social handles are. I change them that often. I think it's Curtis McCosh on Instagram. Um, I think Twitter might be it. Curtis mccosh maybe I don't know. Um, and I've got a Facebook page on there too. But if you ever go on my Facebook page and expect a reply, don't because I, be, <laughs> I think the last thing I uploaded to Facebook was maybe about four weeks ago. Um, I'm actually actively trying to cut social media down a little bit. So uh, yeah, I I am on there, but I I I'm not on there if that makes sense. But yeah, I am there. You can go and follow me if you want. And. Uh, we're on the What's Happening podcast too on Instagram too because the guys will kill me if I don't get that <laughs> plugin.
0: Super. And, of course, as always, as I mentioned, every week you can get me on Twitter and Instagram at MichaelLavie98. Next week on the McLaughlin podcast, I'm going to be – and I don't want to promise this in case I don't do it – but I'm going to be ranking the best commentary moments of all time in sports. And <laughs> I think you can definitely guess which number one is going to be. Um, And as a United fan, it breaks my heart. But that's it uh, for this week. And thanks so much for listening to the McLeod podcast.